This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe Jaren Hawksford with you on a Monday, presented, of course, by BetMGM. And joining us right now is Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. He's joining us on the BuyThePhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com. To learn more, Brad, welcome back. As we talk about the division round in the NFL this weekend, unders go 4-0. We get one outright winner as a dog, and that was the Bengals. I'm going to ask you a question that Joe threw out a couple minutes ago. I thought was really interesting. We have for years now just said Mahomes is the best quarterback, or we say Mahomes end. How long until we start saying Joe Burrow is the best quarterback? Could that happen in the next few weeks? I don't know if we'll get there. Uh, I mean, potentially, I think the thing there is he's going to be fascinating where it's going to come back to like the old school Peyton Manning, Tom Brady arguments where there's always going to be the knock against him of the physical tools. But right now, his timing and rhythm and accuracy and identifying coverages and knowing where he's going with the football before he even snaps it is as good as anyone in the entire NFL. I also think people will probably hold against him having Jamar Chase and T Higgins and all those things. But I will say this now, and I'm not trying to overreact to one game. It's more the last 10 games. He's now my number two quarterback in the NFL. It was Josh Allen. I now have Patrick Mahomes and then Joe Burrow. You're looking at this through a Chiefs lens. Was the, was the result uh, from Sunday getting now, now Burrow and company coming to your place and uh, avoiding facing the Bills indoors? I mean, th- Was this what you wanted exactly, or uh, how would you have looked at it? You know, it's funny. So I-, I mentioned this on our show last night. I talked to a physical therapist who works in the sports field, and he was saying that for Patrick Mahomes specifically, so obviously ignoring fan noise and all the travel and all those things, mm-hmm. for Patrick Mahomes specifically – playing on an eight-degree field at Arrowhead on real grass that's going to have cold weather, maybe some precipitation, that's going to be more potentially disastrous for his ankle than a turf field that would have, you know, you'd expect it to be more level. He's not going to maybe slide on a a patch of wetness that, you know, maybe it gives out and he re-rotates that ankle. Um, So in a funny way, he was kind of saying, you know, you could make an argument that actually could have been better to go play on a flat turf field as opposed to maybe he slides out on, you know, like I said, a tough patch of grass. Because the thing is, he also said this, he goes, he is going to be hurt for the rest of the season. The bye week for the Super Bowl doesn't matter. He is, the ankle is going to bother him the rest of the year. Um, so, and he said, too, if he tweaks it at any point, it could feel as bad as it did the moment Arden Key fell on it. Like, it's not, it's not going to, like, get better. And then if he tweaks it, it's, oh, it's okay. Like, no, it's going to feel terrible again. Um, it's going to be huge because his mobility, not just on scrambling, but just his you know, the crazy sidearm throws and the rollouts and the scrambles, that's what makes him Patrick Mahomes. Mm. 
So what, if you, after that information that you got from the physical therapist, are you thinking we're going to see Henny? How does that affect how you would bet on this game? I know it's early. You know, so I'm sure Mahomes is going to start. I think him coming back in the game is a big deal. I know reporters said he left the stadium with no boot or crutches or anything like that, which I also think is a great sign. Um, I think it's more of just a nagging, probably high ankle tweak that is just going to bother you, right? You know, so I think well, we only see Henny, I think, if Mahomes like re injures and seriously re aggravates the injury. Obviously, Henny had the 98 yard touchdown drive. So, um, you know, Andy Reid was cooking with gas once he came in the ball in the game. But I will say this, like, I'm not surprised where the spread is opening at a point. Uh, if I was a, a bookmaker, I wouldn't let the Bengals be a teaser leg. So, you know, it, I, I know it opened at one and a half at some places, and I was surprised by that. Um, I figured pick them or one so you can't tease them through seven. And it looks like now in most books that is the case. Um, and I still think the Bengals might end up winning this football game. Brad, are you surprised at the Eagles-Niners opening line? We were discussing a few minutes ago if it's a little bit of an overreaction to the way this weekend looked. I mean, they've been the two best teams in the NFC for a while. I think we all probably thought this game could happen, one and two seed. But Eagles blow the Giants out. Niners have a rock fight against the Cowboys, and we're sitting at three at BetMGM, two and a half at other books that open at one and a half. Are you surprised? Do you think it's the right number? What do you think about this line, Eagles hosting the Niners? I am surprised, and I do think it's a bit of an overreaction. Look, not to take away from the Giants' win against the Vikings, but the Vikings were not a good football team, and the Giants are not a good football team. And, and so the Eagles blowing them out. And look, again, you also can't – if the Eagles scraped by, we wouldn't take that – you know, they, they blew them out. They, they beat them soundly on both sides of the ball. They were dominant in that game. And then, yeah, on the flip side, the Cowboys – Gave the Niners a lot of issues. You have Dan Quinn, you know, Kyle Shanahan's former boss, complicating matters for his rookie quarterback who could have thrown a, a bunch of interceptions. Trevon Diggs dropped an interception. There were a couple other close calls in that game. They couldn't run the ball very well. But you then look at Philadelphia. Sixth worth EPA per rush allowed on the season. They have their warts. They are a very good team, but they have some injuries that are still kind of working through as well. I, I am surprised it's now at a field goal. I got two and a half. I understood that. Um, I'm surprised it's now a full three points. And I, you know, I don't hate the Niners getting a full field goal at this point. Uh, we all talked about how this is going to be the toughest test for Purdy, and it clearly was that Cowboys front. I mean, it was a disaster offensively for them, but defensively, they got the job done. Uh, he was under duress throughout that entire game. So how do you compare the pressure that he saw against the Cowboys yesterday versus what you think uh, he's going to see in this uh, next game coming up on Sunday uh, with the Eagles? Yeah, so he still is going to be under a ton of pressure, no doubt. The Eagles obviously have a good pass rush unit, but I think they're going to be more inclined to bring extra rushers. You know, Dallas doesn't really need to blitz. They can get home with four. Philadelphia can, um, but I don't think quite to the same magnitude that the, the Cowboys and, and front of the Niners can as well. Uh, and I think the interesting thing there, too, is I think it's a good matchup for, look, the, the Philadelphia Eagles outside corners are very, very good players. Two of our highest-graded corners, two guys that have been good for a long, long time in Darius Slay mm -hmm. and James Bradbury. But I think those guys match up better with your typical 6'2", 220-pound X-wide receiver that wants to win down the field I think you can beat those guys on quick outs to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, maybe Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, was in motion and getting quick outs on slants in the slot and all these different things. Like, I think that's actually the way you beat them is by throwing the ball in front of them and letting guys make them miss in open space. Not saying they're bad tacklers, but I think that is a better matchup than, you know, going out there with a bunch of, you know, big body, your typical guy. Those are the guys that Darius Slay will battle with all day long and, and James Bradbury as well.
How impressed were you with Kenny Gainwell? Uh, the Eagles got back to their kind of ground and pound philosophy, and he had a big game. Curious your assessment of him. He had that one carry where it was just him matched up on Leonard Williams, former top 10 pick, a very good interior defender, and he pushed him two yards by himself. Like he was, he got an eight yard gain and he pushed him to a first down with no like offensive linemen or, you know, weapons pushing him forward. That was very, very impressive. Uh, at the same time, you, you saw what it looks like trying to run against the, the San Francisco 49ers last night. Uh, second in EPA per rush allowed in the season. They're impossible to run the football against. It, it was a great stat from Arjun Menon on our show. They allowed 16 explosive rushes on the season. Their teams that have allowed 60 plus. Like, like it is impossible to break off gains of you know 10 plus, 15 plus yards against them. So I think we are going to see a healthy dose of mixing in Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Boston Scott, and try to keep everyone fresh. But I think Philadelphia is going to realize. The way we win this game is beating them on the outside with our outside receivers. Um, and they're, they, they, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they run the ball like 12 times in this game. Brad, qu- question for you about how you think it's going to look on Sunday with Jalen Hurts running. So he showed us he's willing to run again. He ran for a touchdown. He got hit a couple times, got back up. I'm look, I was looking through the Niners this morning. They really didn't face many mobile quarterbacks. Week one, they lost to Justin Fields. He ran for about 30 yards. Middle of October, they lost to Mariota, who ran for 50 yards. Do you think that might be the way to generate explosive runs against the Niners? I agree with you. Down the field passing is how they're going to try to attack them in the air. But do you think Hurts' legs become an X factor here? Because they really haven't seen many quarterbacks like him this season. 100%. 100%. So they're about middle of the pack against just scrambles. It's a small sample size, but they are kind of a mid-tier defense defending scrambles. And even Patrick Mahomes in the week where the Chiefs, you know, blew the Niners out. He had a couple of those classic, you know, third and eight, no one's open, so he takes off and gets 10. And I think that is going to be a huge, huge factor for Hurts, but also the design rushes, the zone read and the read option and, and kind of keeping their defense guessing or getting them to commit and kind of overfire and then having a lane come open because they've kind of overcommitted to a certain spot. I, I think that's going to be key, and I do. Th- I agree with you. Hurts showed on that one third down play where he was out on the right side, and he kind of spun out of a tackle and then barreled forward and got it. Like, that was one of those, like, he's not doing this in week 15, 16. Like, this is, this is Jalen Hurts again, and we need to see that, you know, this weekend. You know, Shanahan had mentioned that, that Jimmy Garoppolo could be healthy enough for the NFC Championship in the past. And, and I thought that notion was ridiculous because if they got this far with Purdy, part of the reason would be because of Purdy. And then yesterday happened. It's like they might have a real internal conversation. Would we ha- rather have Jimmy Garoppolo at 75 to 80% or would we rather have Brock Purdy out there? Uh, what would you rather have if, if that's uh, the decision? It's a fair question. I agree with you, right? Like it was completely off our radar, not in our minds until yesterday. He did not play well, but I still would go with Brock Purdy unless Grandpa was 100%. And then I think it's a true, like, what do we do here? But a less than 100% Jimmy Garoppolo, I honestly think Purdy is a better player than that right now anyway. So, As a salary cap analyst, I just want to ask you big picture. We're hearing a lot about, you know, this Aaron Rodgers trade could be real. Uh, Where do you think he ends up? What could be some good suitors for him? Yeah, I think the New York Jets are the answer there. I know there's already been some specific rumblings, but that's always been the team I've circled for him. And really it's because of kind of the reactionary nature of team building for a lot of clubs around the NFL, where – 
Look, if you're the Colts, for example, you're probably not going the veteran route. You've tried it three times. It's failed every time. The Jets, the opposite. They, they, they trade up for Sam Darnold, take Zach Wilson. The rookie route, top five pick route, is not going to work for them. So, for me, you have an elite defense. You run an offense that is similar to what Rodgers has run in Green Bay. Obviously, they just fired Mike LaFleur or Matt LaFleur, whatever LaFleur it is. Uh, you know, they just fired him in New York. But but a similar structure, a similar build. You have cheap players on defense, cheap wide receivers, so you can afford to bring in that big quarterback deal, and, and you're not going to really be afraid to part with some draft picks. You you got a ton of picks for Jamal Adams. You've had a, a bunch of other great trades where you've brought in picks. Um, I, I think there's probably some pressure on GM Joe Douglas, and to an extent maybe you know head coach Robert Sala to finally win next year. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Jets are a slam dunk option. Last piece, I'm sure they're telling themselves this. I don't think it's reality, but they're also probably saying, and maybe he can mentor Zach Wilson and build <laughs> back his confidence and, and, and show mm-hmm. him that you know sitting on the bench for a couple of years could have been great. It's what I did. It's what you should have done. So maybe that that's part of the hope there as well. Rogers like, doesn't seem like a mentor guy, though, does he? He does not. He does not. <laughs> well, it didn't, yeah, he, it would be turnabout, right? But what happened to him? Oh, oh, yeah. Favre wasn't my mentor. Oh, you want me to mentor now? Sleep you. And then, and then Favre was yeah, yeah, the Jets. It, and then Favre was the Jets when he left Green Bay. This just feels like time's yeah. a flat oh, circle. Wow. Um, wow. Brad, I'm curious what you think of this, because I, I can't remember the time it was this flat across the board. Right now, Super Bowl futures to win it. It's basically four coin flips uh, at BetMGM. Eagles plus 260, Bengals plus 270, Chiefs plus 270, Niners 3-1. to one. What do you make of that? Do, do you also consider all four of these basically flat at this point to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's crazy. It was actually even flatter when they dropped last night. So it looks like there's been some action on Philadelphia. I jumped on Philadelphia plus 275 last night, like the second it came out. Um, I thought they were the best value. I just think they have not only the easier matchup in the conference championship, if you get a you know another bad Brock Purdy performance, but then also I think they're the most complete team. We can poke holes in the Chiefs and, and Bengals that I just don't think you can poke those same holes um, in Philadelphia, but it is pretty crazy. I saw a tweet this morning from a, an account, Cleve TA, who's a phenomenal Twitter follow, puts a lot of great stats out there. I think he was saying there's been like one or two spreads below three in the conference championship game in the last couple years. And so for both games to be a field goal, and then this, that basically it's a pick for all the future markets uh, of the Super Bowl. It's I think we got the four best teams in the NFL as of right now in these games, which is, which is always awesome when you feel like, hey, whoever wins deserves to be here. It's not a fluke. It's not whatever. It's the four best football teams playing, you know, in the last two games. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Brad Spielberger, pro football focus, joining us on the buythephoenix.com. Guest on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit buythephoenix.com to learn more. On the other side, we got a ton to do here, including – the coaching carousel, Sean Payton, Denver, and yes, what are we talking about here? Where is Aaron Rodgers going to go? We'll dive more into that and the odds on where these coaches, these quarterbacks could end up coming up right here next on the Beck UL Network.